Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. What is it that makes a good leader? In this bite-sized edition from episode number 24, Padraig O'Sullivan gives us his thoughts on what it is that makes a good leader and how the type of business you are in and the life cycle or the business cycle you are in can drastically change the optimum course of action that you should be taking. Padraig also shares an example of one of his friends who works in recruiting and how over the past year alone their needs have shifted drastically and the leadership has also had to change with this. We think about coaching though and some people might think incorrectly oh the best coach is the person who's got everything perfect perfect house perfect life perfect teeth marriage kids home rubbish no one's perfect it's the imperfections and flaws my business strive stronger is founded on the word the old french word astrave which means to push through challenging situations and come out the other side and being stronger in all parts of our lives. So you learn more from the challenging times. But I imagine when you're down to 24 bucks, you've had enough learning. So let's put some of those learnings to practice. And we'll, there's a couple of open loops we've got here and we'll tie some of them together. Sell me leadership and why it's important for a business owner. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of leadership. I spent almost all my life in this space. Remember you asked me not that long ago, you know, what's my purpose in life? And without even thinking, I said to you, every single day I get up to help leaders be as brilliant as they can be because the ripple effect leaders have on other people is phenomenal. So that's that's what I think about. That's what I do. That's what's important to me. I believe it's equally important in a small micro business with three people as it is in a, in a large corporate organization. So for me, leadership is, is everything. So I am very biased about this. And I have a sense of leaders who step into the role of leadership I look upon them as in it's a really noble role. And I mean noble in the true French sense as it bring it takes courage. Because right? if you want to be a leader, if you want to be a business owner, there's a lot of upside, hopefully. But the downside is you're making decisions that are not palatable sometimes. You're making decisions that people don't like sometimes. You're being holding yourself and others accountable when you don't want to. So for me, when I look at leadership, I look at how do I help them be as good as they can be. But here, back to your first question, you know, what is leadership? Like you can pick up any textbook, any, you know, go onto YouTube, we get thousands of definitions. But the one that I use when I'm chatting to people is your know, leadership is about bringing into being what you want to happen or what's important for you. Because mm. without it, it may not happen. Right. So for me, there's a sense of creativity. You know, there's a, a dreaming up what is important to us or to me. How do we bring it about? It takes energy and momentum and thinking through. And it might require strategies, it might require tactics. And the third part is it's important to us. So therefore, it's linking back into our situation, etc. No acronyms, no mnemonics. Come on, no seven steps, thousands of years through Eastern and Western philosophy. I love it. It's simple. You can resonate with it. However, if you look at the other side of that equation is the motivation for a small business owner is growth. Yeah, I'm starting here, but my intention is to grow. So if I'm a single retail owner, as example, my intention might be to have five or 10 retail outlets, as example. If I'm a small consulting group, my intention might be to have four offices around Australia or 20 consultants in my team. It's a different motivation. The payoff is later. You know, the payoff doesn't happen right now. I might take some payout down along the way, but I'm looking to get growth and therefore a payoff later. 
So that that looks at effectiveness. Yeah, how effective are we in our systems? How effective am I in terms of delegating to other people? How effective are we at thinking around partnering with opportunities outside our current domain, etc.? It's a different type of thinking. So when we talk about leadership in those areas, for me, the most important thing is to, with the business owners, is to get clear, what is it I want for my business? Because if I want ultimately stability, if I want payoff now, if I don't want the hassle of having teams in different parts of the city or other cities, there's no point in me in engaging in conversations around growth. Because even if I try to implement them, I won't. My motivation, my core motivation will, will, is different to that. So when I think about leadership, my, my first starting point always is context. What's the context for you as the leader or the business owner in this case? And what if you think about your context now and the context that you want, then what's your role as a leader? Leadership then looks like efficiency. And it looks like having a small core people who will stay here so I don't have to keep turning over, et cetera. Whereas the leader who's, or the business owner who sets up a business and their plan is to grow, it's a very different type of leadership. Now, as the outsider looking in, at any point in time, they look the exact same, but the motivations are different. But I'm, I'm glad you framed that because so many people will ask someone, oh, how's your business growing? How many staff have you got? Now, how successful is it? Are you scaling? But for some people, it may be a lifestyle machine or a choice that they've worked in a big company or they've always you know, had businesses in the past and they want to dial it down a bit and invest time in other parts of their life. I've got to say, though, in my mind, stability, payoff now and growth, March 2020, when we lost 93% revenue in, in our business, in my speaking business and in our main business, Strive Stronger, I was thinking, why did I leave KPMG? No growth. <laughs> no growth that last year, seriously, no payoff, no stability. And I know a lot of small business owners have been challenged like they never have before. And as we're coming back into this hybrid model of working, depending on the small business, some have flourished, tech-based companies or businesses that could scale are booming. I feel for the coffee shop and the providors in the little lanes in Melbourne, especially, you know, who've had nearly a year of lockdown. And you know, digitize your business, innovate. Well, if you're selling coffee or if you're selling flowers in a laneway where there's no traffic, it's been tough. So it's almost been two speeds through COVID. A friend of mine runs a recruitment company that specializes in hospitality. So you can imagine last year they were just dead. They are absolutely booming with a major, major anchor. They can't get staff. They could fill hundreds and hundreds of jobs right today, but they can't get it. Now, there's a whole lot of reasons as to why they can't find them. You know, partly our borders are closed for so long. International students aren't here. You know, folks who were employed in hospitality, the jobs went, they then moved into construction. There's a whole lot of other reasons. You know, the unintended consequences of, of good policy, et cetera. But what that means is, you know, as you said, you know, the, the retail or the uh, hospitality business owners, which are probably the most visual aspect of, of high street trading is, is those business owners. They will boom as soon as they get their staff back because you know, the population of the country wants to go back out. So, so going back to the, you know, the early distinction between both of them, you know, I use the word efficiency as being a core term for that kind of business owner. Efficiency also means how do I retain a core number of staff because I don't, spend, I don't want to spend time in ongoing recruitment, ongoing training, et cetera. That's where they will need to index quickly in order to be able to capitalize on the boom. 
But you're right. Tech companies that have a digital product and tech companies by nature are able to work in hybrid fashions because those kind of workers generally do that anyway. It's played into their business model, hasn't it? When you look at the share prices of Apple, Microsoft, Atlassian, Canva, phenomenal growth, phenomenal. Yeah, maybe look at Seek. You know, Seek's business model is based on employment as, as its core business model. It, over the last, I think it's two years, the share price has jumped up by like 18, 19% because they quite wisely moved into other parts of digital economies and the staff can all work from home quite quite well. So, you know, you're right, digital, con- digital economies are, are booming and taking over some of the more traditional economies that we had. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.